Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. Welcome back, Thinking Man Podcast. Welcome, Nels. Glad to be back. All right. The Obstacle is the Way, Part 3. So we started off with perspective. Uh, Part 2 was on action. Now it's all about the will. You know, so having the right view to see things properly is very important. And then you can't just sit back. You got to take action. Otherwise, you're going to spend your whole life talking about what you would have, could have, should have done and all these great ideas you had and what you could have done. But now once you get started, it's that will, that stick-to-itiveness, that fortitude to stay with things. So The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, Please catch the first two podcasts that we spoke about. I'll give you a little background. But today we're going to talk about, again, the will, the fortitude. And we're going to talk about the will takes discipline. Uh, Discipline is a whole other podcast. We're going to get to that one too. That it is. I'm going to read a little bit. Because he has become more myth than man, most people are unaware that Abraham Lincoln battled crippling depression his entire life. Known at the time as melancholy, his depression was often debilitating and profound, nearly driving him to suicide on two separate occasions. He struggled to manage a heavy burden that often felt impossible to lift. Lincoln's personal challenges had been so intense that he came to believe they were destined for him in some way, and that the Depression, especially, was a unique experience that prepared him for greater things. He learned to endure all this, articulate it, and find benefit and meaning from it. Understanding this is key to understanding the man's greatness. So here's Abraham Lincoln who I've always said is one of my top three, if not my top personal hero. Sure. He considered his depression not something, hey, take this away from me, but where he believed that it was destined for him and that the depression was what prepared him for greater things. Wow. That is the obstacle is the way, Nelson. Sure it is. Wow, that is, we'll spend our entire lives wanting to get rid of the obstacle. This man is, is taking it and saying, this has prepared me for what is coming He next. embraced it. Yeah, and we spoke about that a little bit next last yeah. time is, you know, what is failure? Failure isn't really failure. It's making you stronger for the, for the next time around. That's right. What people don't realize about the Civil War, we think about... Um, Iraq, we think about Afghanistan, Vietnam, Korean War, and I'll, I'll name those four because starting in the Korean War is um, in the Vietnam War is where people really started to a lot more vocal protest against them. What's the purpose we're here? Right. You know, but you go back to World War One and World War Two. It was more you know the entire country got involved. You know, World War One we weren't even a world power. We were a joke. Going into World War Two, we became a world power, but as we look at it, most people wouldn't guess that in the Civil War, more Americans were killed than in World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, combined. Wow. Yeah. 
So I'll just run off a couple numbers. Civil War, 623,000. World War I, 110,000. And these are roundabout numbers, guys. Sure. World War II, 405,000. Korea, 36. Vietnam, 58. And if you go to where we're currently at with um, since 9-11, it's about 10,000. Okay. So we start to see a little bit more about, this wasn't just a little skiff. This wasn't a division. This was lives being affected by the decisions that this man was going to make. That's right. It's pretty incredible. That's heavy. Very, very. So is it safe to say that clear-headedness or perspective, because that's all it is, you're, you're seeing things clearly, and action are not always enough? No. As in fact, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I can I can relate personally where, where, you know, I may be suffering from what I think is one of these things, you know, call it melancholy or, or as I said then, or depression. And, and we immediately, we say, Hey, we're, we're out of focus. You know, we're not, our, our head's not where it, where it should be. So, so I'm not having a normal day where here we have someone like Abraham Lincoln said, no, this is, this is normal. This is, this is an, this is just part of my package and, and it's what I need in order to, you know, it's, it was his baggage. He carried it with him. He didn't, he didn't drop it. He, he carried it at all times. And he saw, and again, I'll repeat, he saw it as a positive. Right. He didn't say this is something I just have to deal with. This is what has made me. This is what has prepared me for what I have to encounter. I think wow. that's pretty incredible. He, he's, he's used his entire life and he's used it as a stepping stone one after another to get where, where he was. So the will is something that we always control. We can't control our circumstances. We can't control the outcome of anything. Sure. We could even have the wrong perspective. But that determination, that will, that fortitude, that grit is something that we have complete control over. That we could just keep going and say, I'm not giving up. That's right. I'm not quitting. So when we see will, it can't just be blind because it's based on something. It's based, you've already had the clear perspective. You're taking action on it. You know it to be right. And it's so much easier to stick with something when you've thought it out and you know where you're going. You know the clear end. You don't get distorted. Whereas say you just didn't see something clearly and you went into something in a very gadarene, headstrong manner. And then you're partway through and say, yeah, I didn't think this all the way out. Sure. Or all the way through. I think I'm just going to stop right here. So with the will, we decide when we want to quit. We decide when we want to stop. And I don't think it means that there doesn't come a time where, okay, I've taken this as far as it can go. It doesn't look like the direction that I wanted it to go in. That's right. You know, we spoke about the... um, you know, the, the fictitious story about the gentleman making the biodegradable tires last time. Right. You know, if he, if he didn't, <coughs> excuse me, if he didn't listen and said, I'm not listening to anybody, these tires are going to work, I'm going to keep trying. But he saw that there was a different direction he could go in. And he used that obstacle. The obstacle was, hey, these tires are falling apart. 
So the obstacle is the way. It doesn't mean you keep going the same direction. It means you That's use right. that obstacle to decide where you're going to go. It doesn't mean you just barrel through it because that's not the answer either that's right the key word is and and we're thinking through that are we not oh i hope so (laughs) (laughs) i hope so otherwise you're banging your head against a rock that's right i'm gonna read a little bit more will is fortitude and wisdom not just about specific obstacles but about life itself and where the obstacle we are facing fits within it it gives us ultimate strength as in the strength to endure, contextualize, which that's what Lincoln did, and derive meaning from the obstacles we cannot simply overcome, which as it happens is the way of flipping the unflippable. So all of a sudden, uh, he had an obstacle that technically, I won't say he couldn't overcome because he did. He couldn't jettison it. He couldn't get rid of it, but he flipped it. That's he right. flipped the negative for a positive. My daughter came home from school yesterday talking about an assembly she had, talking about a guy who was there, and she came through the door just exploding with energy. Mommy, mommy, we had this assembly. This guy, and, he, and, he, and he's in a wheelchair, and he, and he can't walk, and he can't do this, but he went skydiving, and he met the president, and he did this, and he did that. Yes. She was like, so, how did he do all that? Oh my! And she was so excited. He took his circumstances, but there's nothing he could do about it, and turned them into something positive. And That's here right. he is talking to little kids, and here you have a third grader who came home extremely excited mm-hmm. over what this person went and shared with them about their obstacle. Yes, and I go. What did you learn? And you know, she says to me, "Well, well, you know, you can you can still do things. You could, you know, that doesn't stop you." And bingo, yeah, the obstacle is the way. And I was really excited for her. Bear and forbear. Acknowledge the pain, but trot onward in your task. And that's a stoic maxim. And I'm going to read this wrong. Sustain et abstain, meaning to bear and forbear. In other words, deal with it. Right. Suck it up. Yes. Suck it up. If we all stopped as soon as it felt unpleasant, you would never ask that girl out. That's unpleasant. You would never go out for a team. You would never go on a job interview. There's so much. You would never exercise. If Lincoln had been defeated, he was prepared to bear whatever the resulting consequences with dignity and strength and courage. What if the South won? How would Lincoln have been seen? Possibly the same. I, I was just going to say probably no different. Sure, he'd have lost, but but just like he, he carried on, he'd have carried on. Yeah, so I think that's pretty incredible. The outcome didn't determine whether he was a winner or a loser. That's right. right? He was doing the right thing the whole way through. And I think that's why we respect him. Not because, well, the outcome is obviously super important. Sure. But just the fact that he was strong enough 
mentally and emotionally and had that moral fortitude to push the way he did, knowing that it could have ended up in any, any way. That's right. That's right. So sometimes we always make our scorecard by the final results. That's not how it should happen, though. Because there's two possible outcomes, right? Or, or more. Or more. Or more. And just be, if you did everything right and the outcome didn't come out, doesn't mean you weren't doing the right thing. Doesn't mean that you failed. You just didn't get the outcome that you had planned on. That's right. Providing an example for others in victory or defeat, whichever occurred, that was Lincoln. Wow. I'm going to just read a little bit more from here. Certain things in life will cut you open like a knife. When that happens, at that exposing moment, the world gets a glimpse of what's truly inside you. Wow, I like that. <laughs> they also say, you know, you could see how a person, you know, not in good times, but it's in bad times, that you see a friendship, you see how a person controls themselves. Um, you know, it's during those times that you could really see what a person is made of. So the world gets a glimpse of what's truly inside of you. So what will be revealed when you're sliced open by tension and pressure. Iron, air, and I'm quoting, or bullshit. Huh. Wow. As such, the will is the critical third discipline. We can think, act, and finally adjust to a world that is inherently unpredictable. Hmm. This will is what prepares us for this, protects us against it, and allows us to thrive and be happy in spite of it. It's also the most difficult of all disciplines. It's what allows us to stand undisturbed while others wilt and give in to disorder. Willing and able to continue, even during the unthinkable, even when our worst nightmares have come true. So... It's a discipline. It's what we need to do when you just don't want to go any further. That's you right. just got to keep going. That's right. I was watching the uh, Manny Pacquiao fight the other night. Yes. Uh, on the replay. Okay. Against uh, Thurman. Okay. You know, and you just, and I didn't know who won. So it was great. It's fun watching a fight when, Absolutely. when you know, it's taped, but I still don't know who won. And you go through and, you know, I'm just watching punches that these guys get and how tired they are. And I'm like, man, at any point in time, I'm sure they just want to stop. Sure. I'm, I'm sure it just hurts. But it's that will. It's that fortitude. So we can think. We can act. We can adjust. The world is unpredictable. But... The will is very difficult of the dis disciplines because it's where you really got to feel the pain. To just see things differently, you could be a philosopher. To act on that, okay, you try. But to stick to it, that's where the discipline really comes yes. into play. 
So I think as we look through life, we start to really respect people that stick with things. Even if it's a fighter that's losing a fight, just that he stays in there. You, get, right. you get the respect. He's getting beaten up and he's able to stick with it. You see these runners that just collapse crossing the finish line. Yes. You watch the movie Rudy, right? Everybody loves Rudy. Nobody would say he wasn't a winner. You know, he was, he just loved his outlook and his determination. And that's what the people ended up liking about him as well. I'm going to read a little bit about Theodore Roosevelt. Build your inner citadel. By age 12, Theodore Roosevelt had spent almost every day of his short life struggling with horrible asthma. Despite his privileged birth, his life hung in a precarious balance. The attacks were an almost nightly, near-death experience. Tall, gangly, and frail, the slightest exertion would upset the entire balance and leave him bedridden for weeks. One day, his father came in his room and delivered a message that would change the young boy's life. Theodore, you have the mind, but you haven't got the body. I'm giving you the tools to make your body. It's going to be hard, drudgery, and I think you have the determination to go through with it. You'd think that would be lost on a child, especially a fragile one born into great wealth and status. But according to Roosevelt's younger sister, who witnessed the conversation, it wasn't. His response, using what would become his trademark cheerful grit, was to look at his father and say with determination, I'll make my body. At the gym that his father built on the second floor porch, young Roosevelt proceeded to work out feverishly every day for the next five years, slowly building muscle and strengthening his upper body against his weak lungs and for the future. By his early 20s, the battle against asthma was essentially over. He'd worked, almost literally, the weakness out of his body. I love it. And when you think of Theodore Roosevelt, you think of you know him riding a horse, hunting. yes. yes. Uh, but here you have a another president of our country, and it started when he was young. Wow. He had the fortitude. He didn't start off with the best deck of cards. That's was right. he born into wealth? Yes, but his body was weak. I'll read a little more what it says about him. Not everyone accepts their bad start in life. They remake their bodies and their lives with activities and exercise. They prepare themselves for the hard road. Do they hope they never have to walk it? Sure, but they are prepared for it in any case. Are you? Nobody is born with a steel backbone. We have to forge that ourselves. That's right. So where does that steel backbone come from? I think some people are are born strong. They have a really good will. Sure. Um, and they build up on it. I think other people uh, need to build it over the years. I, I I was a punk. I had no steel backbone. I had no grit. Sure. I had no fortitude. I think I spoke last time. I quit. Yeah. yeah. We both did. Yeah. You have, to, you have to come up with a determination at some point where you view your situation a little differently. And you start taking action. Yeah. But that isn't enough. You have to stick with it. 
Otherwise, it's just another uh, New Year's resolution. That's right. You know, you see, you see clearly. I have to change something. You take action, and then you quit. It's it's uh. So you mentioned something uh, where you know, sure, people are born strong, and and it could be as if we want to go deeper and, and written in our DNA and things of that nature. Sure, but <clears throat> you know, uh, how many of us have that friend that we say, yeah, well, you know that friend has no hair on their tongue. You know, they say what's on their mind whenever. And that's just a very uh, superficial example. But but those people weren't born that way. They they went through these things and and and, and nobody is this way by 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 nature. Uh, not by nature, excuse me. By default, mm-hmm. they are they they build this and and they go through their circumstances and 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 how they how they move on from them and, and carry them. So, so when we think about that and we say to ourselves, "Oh well, oh, that, that's not my person," you know, I'm not that, I'm not that guy or I'm not that girl. You know, that my friend is the one that that does that. Well, well, guess what? One time they were in your shoes yeah. and they weren't that person, but they've decided to 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 do that now. Yeah. Be that person. Be that person. If it's a good thing, you know, if if. If you're not outgoing enough, well, that's just not me. Well, if it's not getting you where you need to go, nobody's going to come knock on your door and give you a bunch of opportunities. That's right. You need to tell people, you know, that you're interested. I know with my, you know, oldest daughter at work, I, I would tell her all the time, listen, you need to tell the people that you want to move, that you want to grow with the company, you want to do these things. They'll take more notice to you. Otherwise, nobody's going to come and say, gee, we want to move you up the ladder. You're a good worker or, you know, it could happen. Sure. But once you start telling people what you're interested in, they'll start taking more of an interest in you. You have to be a little yes. outgoing. You need to be willing to have that attention brought into you. So as we see what happened with Roosevelt and, you know, the chapter is called about the inner citadel. And that's what the Stoics called it, that fortress inside of us that no outward adversity can break it down that's our will that is the fortress the citadel citadel and we're not born with that we really aren't it's something that has to be built and actively reinforced that is one thing where you know like i said even if you're stronger when you're younger even with strong willpower once that child is broken with anything, that could totally collapse. It has to be built back up. That's right. And, you know, how do we build it up? By sticking with things. That's right. You stick with, you stick with things, and the next time you become stronger. I explained how on Saturday is our family, our workout day. Mm-hmm. And I tell the kids all the time, listen, this isn't about your body. This is about your mind. You know, that we stick with it. We'll do it when it's cold. We do it when it's hot. Um, this is, you're going to get stronger, but this is to teach you that you can do it because at the beginning of everything we go to do the, you know, you see the looks in their eyes. Oh, yes. And then at the end, I, I told you, you could do it. That's right. And it's that mental exercise, but it's something that has to be built and actively reinforced. You're exercising your will. You're showing yourself how strong you are. I'm always impressed by the the Navy SEALs and that training they have to go through. Oh, yes. I got news for you. I watch it and I quit. 
I quit for them. I'm like, are you kidding me? They've been out in the cold for how many hours doing this, getting yes. hollered at? Yes. That is an inner citadel. That is, they just really have a will, something that they're not going to be broken that they want to go through. And, and it's exactly, to your point, it's tested. And I remember, uh, I can't remember at the top of my head right now what triggered the interest, but I was watching these, uh, I believe they're, they're, they're European, and they are bodybuilders. They're these bodybuilders, and what they do is uh, in their in their uh, their podcast or not a podcast, just their 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 streaming uh, with their followers. What they say is, "Hey, why don't you suggest to us, you know, what workouts you want us to do?" Mm. And on more than one occasion, they've been uh, they've been challenged to do uh, Navy SEAL mm. uh, tryouts, tryout training. Uh, uh, not even what they do, you know, to get to the point that they get to. Oh. And, and just from just the tryout, just to be able to be considered uh, is, is, uh, is a physical test that bodybuilders can't get, can't get through. And these are people who are, you know, in their daily lives, pumping iron to, to, to have their bodies look the way they do. So it's beyond, to your point, it's beyond the body. It's 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 the mind is yeah. what it is. It, it's the mind that holds it up. Yeah. It's the mind that holds it up. You'll have far better luck toughening yourself up than you ever will trying to take the teeth out of a world that is at best indifferent to your existence. Hmm. So in other words, you're not going to change the world, if I could paraphrase it. Sure. So you better change. That's right. Oh, people are mean to me. Okay, that's the way the world is. People don't care. That's the way the world is. What does that have to do with what you want to do, with what you need to get done? People will take those and run with it because they, want to f they, they don't admit they want to feel weak, but they want to hug themselves. They want an excuse to stop. Sort of, you know, you're out there and you're, you're doing something and going on for a long time and say you're running a long distance. And you think you're close to a finish line. And you stop for just a minute. And you, and you realize that it wasn't the finish line. But you now just, oh, that's it, I'm done now. They said stop. You, know, you start to train your mind to quit. You start to not stick with it. You start to look for excuses not to go any further. Instead of realizing that things are going to come in the, way, in the way, an obstacle, that are going to cause me to want to stop but I need to figure out how to overcome them and to continue going, to see them for what they are. So to realize that I'm running, I don't want to stop. I don't, my body is saying something to me or my mind is telling me something, but my body can still keep going and I don't want to quit. And that's, that's what right. those Navy SEALs do. They just yes. go. They just go and go and go. I'm absolutely... Amazed. So the world is indifferent to our existence. Is that a safe bet, Nels? Oh, it's absolutely the case. Uh, you know, and, and I actually wrote that down here to myself because there are so many times that, you know, I, I just speak to, to, to family and, and to close friends. And uh, it's so easy. Uh, you know, we, we, we say, why us? Right. Why did it? Why did it? Why did this happen? Or or why did this not happen? Or to your point, uh, you know, th this person was mean to me today, you know, and, and, and we get so caught up in what what we are feeling 
and 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 that our world is is the most important where the truth is is that everything else is going on around you you're just you're just in it mm-hmm. you're in it and uh and although we want the world to stop in 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 some cases because our world has stopped that's not the case it it doesn't happen it keeps on moving so so what will you do uh, what what do you do? The, the the first step is is understanding that you have to understand it because you know and once once you do that you gain a you gain a, an inner peace of some kind. You realize that you have to deal with it, and at the same time you realize that the world is indifferent to it, and and so you have to separate the two. And you have to stay focused because when you're stopping to focus on the example of somebody being mean to me. You've lost focus of your goal That's and what you're there right. to do. And you're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on that person. You're focused on yourself and you're off track. Whereas the purpose that the person that is focused on their goal, sometimes they're going to look to be seen as insensitive, inconsiderate. And we should never be any of those things. But sometimes if we're focused, that, that is what's going to, going to happen. That's right. Um, and that's why you have to have a little balance in life. Because sometimes when you catch yourself that you've been so focused that maybe you buzzed by somebody that you need to take the time out and say, hey, you know, listen, I realized I was doing this. I wasn't paying attention. And not just to, well, this was my goal. And they were in my way. That's right. It was the right way to do things. That's right. You know, and that's what we were talking about, Abraham Lincoln, how we got there. That's right. I, I think also something uh, interesting, Vin, is that, you know, as you're listening to this, and you may have people in your life that 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 you see are are experiencing these these obstacles and 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 what what appears to be an inability to move beyond it sometimes people aren't ready to listen sometimes people aren't uh it just it 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 hasn't it's just not the right time uh or the right experience or the right uh situation uh presented itself uh if you're listening to this, you're probably ready to hear it. Yeah. You're probably ready to hear it, but it's important to know that not everyone around you is also ready to hear it. Case in point, I just had a conversation not long ago with with a um, with an employee, and uh, he says to me, "I want to raise," and I said, "Okay, that's great." I said, "That's great." So, so tell me about you know I'm. I'm going to be the, you know, Mr. Mr. Write the check. Tell me why you deserve a raise. And he says to me, I don't call out. I show up on time. When I'm sick, I push through. When I'm hurt, sometimes I pull my back and I'm pulling through and I'm doing, you know, I do what I have to do and, and I stay until I need to stay. And so I said to him, so you do your job is what you're telling me, right? Because... That's what I'm paying you to do. That's what I'm paying you to do. So, so why don't you tell me? Let's let's talk about what else comes along with that, or or where. Uh, to your point, what your ideas? What do you want to do? That's going to take you to the next level. What's where is that? So, so there. Uh, that person's response was, well, well, I've heard that you know the company just doesn't do that, and 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 they deny raises. I said, so, you know, I said the first. The first place you went wrong is is you're listening to what other mm-hmm. people said. It's about you. What is your goal? So again, the point is, <clears throat> you have to be ready to listen to it. You have to be ready. Misery loves company. 
people do like other people to fail because it brings you into their camp. Most people want to sit back and think it's the world against them, and that's why it didn't happen, and that's why they won't admit it. They won't even, sometimes don't even realize it, but people don't want to see other people succeed unless it helps them. Sure. And that goes back to the, you know, that we live in a world that really doesn't care that much. It's indifferent. Sure. To us. And with that in mind, nobody's going to help usually unless we ask for help. Unless you have somebody, this, we're talking about the majority of the world. If you, I truly believe if, if you're a person listening to this podcast, you're going to be a person that sees talent and is going to reach out to them and, try, and, and offer to help that talent if they have the, the drive and the ambition. That's right. But for the most part, most of the world, and we've discussed that, most of the world is just a bunch of sheep. They're not going to do that because it's all about them. They're not going to reach out and help somebody unless it's going to help them. They won't do it just to do it. They won't reach out to help somebody because it could demean their position. They don't want to train somebody better. They don't want to help them better because it could mean that I could lose out. So, again, it goes back to a little bit what we spoke about last time is make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people so that you're, you, when you're doing the right thing, that people are going to act towards you like you would act towards them. Listen to this one, Nels. The path of least resistance is a terrible teacher. Wow. <laughs> the path of least resistance is a terrible teacher. I, I don't even know what to say about that. It's so full that I'm at a loss for words. It's, it's, it's so loaded uh, and so simple at the same time. It, it, it couldn't be stated any simpler and clearer. That, that, is, that, is, crystal, that is crystal clear. Uh, you mentioned working out. What's the path of least resistance? Soon, soon as the, soon as your muscle starts to tire out, just, just stop. Don't, don't challenge it. Hey, it hurts, so stop. You stopped, uh, you know, where you thought the finish line was. Now all of a sudden, the finish line seems longer, actually, you know, than than what you initially anticipated. So so stop. That that is the path of least resistance. Wow. I'll say it again. The path of least resistance is a terrible teacher. We can't afford to shy away from the things that intimidate us. Wow. And it goes on. Are you okay being alone? Are you strong enough to go a few more rounds if it comes to that? Are you comfortable with challenges? Does uncertainty bother you? How does pressure feel? Because these things will happen to you. Nobody knows when. Nobody knows how. But their appearance is certain. And life will demand an answer. Wow. So it's going to And not answering is not an option. <laughs> it's not a response. So it's going to happen. And are you going to be strong enough? It's an interesting thought. I think we always think we're going to be strong enough. But we wonder when it really comes to it, will we be? And what brings those thoughts in our mind? We think of other 
times that we weren't we weren't strong enough that we quit but that's why that'll just give you more doubt that's why quite often most people don't try anything because they've quit and they've learned to believe that they had to quit they had no choice and it gets easier and it only gets easier and now it's i'm just going to accept this fate that the world has given me and you start to become intimidated. You start to lose your confidence. Mm. You start to not go after things anymore because you believe. At some point, you believed because you didn't get what you went for that you failed. And then somewhere along the line, you went to do something again and you quit. And then you decided that it's easier just not to do anything just to float around on the ocean like a ball and wherever it takes you, so be it. So how will you stand when things come your way? I was um, at the mall yesterday and there was a group of special needs kids there going to take pictures with Santa wheelchairs and I've always been amazed at the parents. Why is that? Just amazed. I truly believe that when these things happen to them, whether it happened to the child when they were born or further down the road, that these are really... God knew this was going to happen and made sure that child went to some really special people is the best way I could say it. You know, having six kids myself, every one of them, you're always wondering, what if? Sure. What if? Would I be able to handle that? And you just see that strength. You see what a mother goes through with a healthy newborn. Or parents. How they're drained, they're tired, always having to take care of them. Yep. Now take a child that's always going to need your care. Yes. That's fortitude. Yes. That is, that's that inner citadel that comes from something that's so strong that you can't be broken. And I am just ever so impressed whenever I come across anybody like that. I just stand in awe yeah. of who they are as people to be able to, to do that. And I'm sure their answer would be, well, these are my children. I love them. Of course I would. Sim- a simple, simple response. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. It really is. And the strength that they have. Let's move on. Anticipation. Thinking negatively sometimes. Hmm. And a quote here. It's an ancient inscription at the Oracle of Delphi. So you can go Google what that is. Offer a guarantee and disaster threatens. Hmm. (laughs) A CEO calls her staff into the conference room on the eve of the launch of a major new initiative. They file in, take their seats around the table. She calls the meeting to attention and begins. I have bad news. The project has failed spectacularly. Tell me what went wrong. What? But we haven't even launched yet. That's the point. 
the CEO is forcing an exercise in hindsight, in advance. She is using a technique designed by psychologist Gary Klein known as pre-mortem. So hindsight, 2020, real simple. Let's think about what disasters could happen. Sure. And, and what they are. And if so, let's plan for them. What's going to happen? Because everybody will say, oh, we never saw this coming. That's right. Never thought this would happen. Why not plan for a disaster? You know, going back a few years ago, we had a hurricane hit up here. And after, people weren't prepared. Afterwards, people became more prepared for the next time. Your plan and the way things turn out rarely resemble each other. So the way we think things are going to happen usually isn't the way they're going to happen, so we need to be prepared. And we don't realize it, but we do do it in a way. We do put our seatbelts on. We don't leave the house, oh my goodness, we're going to get in an accident, we're going to die. But we're prepared. That's right. We, we put a seatbelt on. We, sure. we want to be ready for the worst. You know, one of the things you're always teaching a young driver, okay, great, now that you've figured out what you're doing, now you got to watch out what everybody else is doing. That's right. Don't think just because you're coming up to an intersection and you have a green light doesn't mean anything. You still need to be looking left and right. Just because that person has a red light does not mean they're stopping. There's a reason they call them accidents. <laughs> I, I laugh in because it's, it's, it's probably... if. Ha, with, given the opportunity to to parent and raise a child, one of my simplest yet yet most important lessons I learned from my older brother, and it was when I was learning to drive, precisely. And uh, at an intersection, light had just turned green, and you know, here I am, gun ho. I'm 16 years old. You know, I'm ready to go. And my brother says, "Hold on." And as he said it a car sped past a red light there you go as as it as it changed and he and he said to me don't ever expect the next driver to do the right thing yeah you got to be on guard you got to be ready because that is a person that'll happen to them and they're they are a victim but they didn't have to be that's right here's another one what you think you deserve is also rarely what you'll get <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. I, I knew a person one time who was living in a perfectly good apartment and moved into another place that was a lot more expensive, and I asked them, well, you know, what did you do it for? Well, I deserve it. Didn't matter that they couldn't afford it. Wow. They couldn't afford it, but because they felt they deserved it. That is interesting. Oh, that is really interesting. But you'd be amazed, Nils, how often people are believe that they deserve something. Because they work hard. Well, you should be able to afford it as well. Sure. And what do you really, what do you deserve? Nothing. Who owes you what? Nothing. Because I work hard, I deserve? Right. It doesn't work that way. Right. So, and he says, it's ridiculous. Stop setting yourself up for a fall. Wow. So, stop thinking that things are going to turn out the way you want them to. And stop thinking that what you deserve is also what you're going to get. 
and you're only going to set yourself up for failure. In other words, be prepared. He also goes on, not everyone be, can be counted on like you. Hmm. And that means people are going to make mistakes. They're going to, a mistake, not attack you. Per, sure. That person that went through that light, right? I don't, quite often, I, I've done it myself over the years. You're sure. not paying attention. Sure. It's an accident. So people are going to make mistakes and screw up your plans. Not always, but a lot of the time. Yes, yes. If this comes as a constant surprise each and every time it occurs, you're not only going to be miserable, you're going to have a much harder time accepting it and moving it on to attempts number two, three, and four. Because we are talking about the will. That's right. The fortitude. So if we always play a victim because of what somebody else always did, We'll go back to the boxing ring. That guy kept hitting me. Yeah. That's what he's there to <laughs> that's do. That's exactly right. <laughs> and that's what you're expected to do back to him. I can't get to the basket. They're blocking me. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, after the first time down the court and the defense is on, the next time they get the ball, they don't just stand there after they pass it in. All right, guys, what are we going to do? Maybe we should just stay down here. <laughs> because they're going to try and stop us again. That's right. It, I love when we could put it into the context that we see how silly and ridiculous it is, but it's amazing what we do with our own lives. I think it's almost guaranteed that things are going to go wrong at some point. I think when you encounter more difficulties in harsher environments, it prepares you better i think of the uh kenyan marathoners yes they're always training at a higher altitude where it's harder to breathe so when they run a race that is grueling it's actually easier yes for them so that's what our training needs to be like we need to look at life as always training us for that big day the big race. So next chapter is talking about acquiescence. Ah. Yeah. And again, you could take the positive, you could take the negative of it, and what are you going to do with it? Thomas Jefferson, born quiet, contemplative, and reserved, purportedly with a speech impediment, Compared to the great orators of his time, Patrick Henry, John Wesley, Edmund Burke, he was a terrible public speaker. Now, if you ever look at anything about Jefferson, this guy was absolutely brilliant. Just his, his writing, everything about him. Genius. His heart set on politics. He had two options. Fight against this sentence or accept it. He chose the latter. Sure. Channeling the energy into his writing, which others put into oratory instead. There he found his medium. He found he could express himself clearly. Writing was his strength. Jefferson was the one, excuse me, Jefferson was the one the founding fathers turned to when they needed the Declaration of Independence. He wrote one of the most important documents in history in a single draft. Huh. Jefferson just wasn't a public speaker. That doesn't make him less of a man. 
for acknowledging it and acting accordingly. So we can look at that as saying it could be a sport. And maybe it was basketball. And that athlete realizes he's just not going to make it. But he's still an athlete. And all of a sudden, he ends up being a, an incredible baseball player or mm-hmm. an incredible football player. That's right. You know, sometimes it's, and there's a balance, you know, because you could even look at that as the obstacle and barrel through it or see it as an obstacle and divert you instead of just quitting at basketball to move on to maybe something else where these abilities will help you. So, you know, that acquiescing, we need to be careful that we don't come up with an excuse that it's okay to quit and stop because it takes a lot. It takes a lot of wisdom. That's why we were talking about at the beginning of this chapter. For, that fortitude takes wisdom to understand right. what is going on. Thomas Edison was almost completely deaf. Helen Keller, wow, deaf and blind. But what did they do? Many times, if you're lacking something, you'll focus more on another. That's right, yes. So it's not to say that we allow it to prevent us from reaching our ultimate destination, but it does change the way we travel, and that's okay. Because we'd be silly if we just say, this is the rigid path I'm going to be on. Because that's not the way it works. It's it's the only way. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I love it. So otherwise, you just keep running into the rock. It does change the way we travel to get there, and sometimes the duration of the trip, so it could take a little longer. So if a doctor gives you a diagnosis, even if it's the opposite of what you wanted, what do you do? You accept it. That's right. You don't have to like it. You don't have to enjoy the treatment, but you know that denying it only delays the cure. So we need to be very careful. Acquiescing is not the same as giving up. Right? There's wisdom involved. There's knowledge involved. Um, acquiescing has nothing to do with even action because you could take all the action in the world and you know on the basketball court court if you're you know unless you're a freak like Spud Webb or or one of these little guys for the most part right. these statistics are going to tell you that you need to be a reasonable height to play in the NBA and be sure. successful. Sure. And it doesn't mean that you can't. It just means the odds are against you. So sometimes you'll come across things that your action can't overcome. And the, and the example is the diagnosis by the doctor. Right. You can take all the action you want. It is what it is. Yes. That's acquiescing. Accepting what is put before me, and now there's an obstacle, but now that obstacle becomes part of the way. And the key to all of these lessons is that you don't stop at the obstacle. When you stop at the obstacle, that's when you fail. When you look at that obstacle, to acquiesce just means I realize that this road is not one that I can get through. We can break out the sledgehammer and start breaking at this thing. And you know what we can get through in another 10 years? But we have to use wisdom. We need that balance to say, I don't think we're going to be able to move this rock. We need to do something else to get where we need to go. That's exactly right. 
So I think on all these things, that's why, you know, we're going to, it takes over three hours, four hours, five hours that we've been covering this because it's not as simple as just do A, B, and C. That's right. The key here is that you need to think, which goes back to the whole point of why we're covering this. The whole idea of our podcast is about thinking men. Think different, be different, and make a difference. And we got to remember that. This is where we started. We started with it's all about thinking, but thinking for a purpose. To be different. Be different is the action. To make a difference means that's the will. That's the fortitude. Thomas Edison. And we're talking now in this chapter about loving everything that happens. Doesn't mean you have to be happy about it, but looking at the opportunity. At age 67, Thomas Edison returned returned home early one evening from another day at the laboratory. Shortly after dinner, a man came rushing into his house with urgent news. A fire had broken out at Edison's research and production campus a few miles away. Fire engines from eight nearby towns rushed to the scene, but they could not contain the blaze. Fueled by the strange chemicals in the various buildings, green and yellow flames shot up six and seven stories, threatening to destroy the entire empire Edison had spent his life building. Hmm. Edison calmly but quickly made his way to the fire. Through the now hundreds of onlookers and devastated employees looking for his son. Go get your mother and all her friends, he told his son with childlike excitement. They'll never see a fire like this again. What? What was going on? (laughs) He, He spun it. He flipped the unflippable. People can look at it and say, I spent all this time building this. Now I'm destroyed. Now I'm just going to quit. Don't worry, Edison Edison calmed him. It's all right. We just got rid of a lot of rubbish. That's a pretty amazing reaction. But when you think about it, <clears throat> what was the, any other response? Other than hugging yourself and feeling sorry for yourself. It, it wasn't going to stop. <laughs> Should you weep? Do you have a choice? Should you get angry? Quit? What good does it do? Nothing. Which which one of those options of, of the of the of the possible options gets gets you to your outcome or your intended outcome or, or goal? None of them. That's the quitting. That's the fortitude. That's where you keep going. And that's how you keep going. You reswitch it because you're gonna be feeling like crap. I'll go back to those Navy SEALs. The guys that make it aren't feeling any less pain than the guys that make it. Right. Or whatever, or if I messed that up. The guys that make it aren't feeling any less pain than the guys that don't make it. That's right. It's just a matter of their outlook. And it's amazing how you're, the right outlook can then strengthen you because it's training. You train. No different than running a mile can be very hard if you don't exercise at all. But if you exercise, it can become easier. And if your body's in shape, now exercising that, running that one mile, it's nothing. You never even have to dig into the fortitude. That's right. Because you didn't experience it. So through life, the more training we have, 
it builds up and builds up and builds up that the less we have to dig in or we're shocked by what we're encountering. That's the key is shocked. Shocked. When we don't, when we, when we freeze, when we freeze, it's because we're in shock and, and it all ties into, uh, what you train yourself to 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 be able to answer when when life knocks on the door you know what what are you going to do and if you don't know what to do act to do nothing as we say is not an option oh this one will ring very very familiar to you vin uh if you fail to plan (laughs) so yeah plan to fail there you go in our lives, things are going to happen. That's what we're talking about. We're just going to keep repackaging this in different ways and explaining it. What is your goal? What is your plan? No goal, no plan. It is a failure. Instead of looking at what we must do, and this is the flipping the unflippable, what we get to do. I'm going to go back to the parents of those special children. The special parents of the special children is how I'm going to refer to them. I think they would get insulted if you said it's what they have to do. Sure. I think they would say it's a gift and it's what they get to do. I can see that. And what a difference... It is in our lives when we start to look at trouble or anything. Hey, this is what I get to do. It might even be you don't even like your job today, but hey, I have a job. This is what I get to do. That's right. There's always somebody worse. It could always be worse. There's always worse situations. It's the better outlook, the better attitude. A better way of doing things. Perseverance. I don't know how many people like Greek mythology. I've always loved the stories. I think they're very intriguing. I think the the lessons that are in them are always really neat. The names always drive me crazy. <laughs> I always have to go back. Wait, who's this guy? That's who's right. that guy? Were they yeah. this one? Were they that one? Yeah. Was this like, and I could, I could, I could be three chapters into a book, and all of a sudden I realize it's a girl, not a guy. <laughs> Odysseus leaves Troy after ten long years of war, destined for Ithaca, for home. If only he knew what was ahead of him, ten more years of travel, that he'd come so close to the shores of his homeland, his queen and young son, only to be blown back again, that he'd face storms, temptation, a cyclops deadly whirlpools, a six-headed monster, or that he'd be held captive for seven years and suffer the wrath of Poseidon. And of course, that back in Ithaca, his rivals were circling, trying to take his kingdom and his wife. How did he get through it? How did the hero make it home despite it all? Well, creativity, of course, and craftiness, and leadership, and discipline, and courage. But above all, perseverance. He didn't quit. What is perseverance? 
It's, is it that dogged determination? That hammering away? No, it's something even bigger. Perseverance is the long game. And it goes back to our Navy SEALs. The long game. This is their goal in life. It isn't just to pass this test. This test is just part of the obstacle of, where they're, of, of what they need to go through to get to what they want to be, what their whole life is. And it's, it's perseverance. It's the long game. Because life is not about one obstacle, but many. And that's where that perseverance comes in. You just keep going. You keep moving. You keep hammering away, understanding what the long game is. We will overcome every obstacle. There will be many in life until we get there. Persistence is an action. Perseverance is a matter of the will. One is energy. The other, endurance. So persistence is the action. Perseverance is the will. And I think that's important because you can run out of energy sometimes. Sure you can. But sometimes that will will give you that second wind, that third wind. The one that will make you keep going and not quit. You know, I can't help but to think about some. Um, and it's along the lines of, of quitting and it's, and it's a simple question. Um, you know, if you quit at anything, did you really want it? Or, you know, do we think about, well, I quit because, you know, uh, you know, anything, you know, one of my, one of my running mates was being too hard on me or, or I didn't get the right help. So I quit. So did you really want it? Did you, did you want it to begin with if you quit? So I think that as we listen to this and, and, and we talk about it and, and, and whoever's listening out there, um, I think it comes down to finding what's, what's, what's going to eliminate that from within you. Right? What, what is it that, that, that you can think of? And again, the key here is, is thinking. Right, thinking different to be different, and and what can you you only you can answer this for yourself. What you have to find, what it is that's inside you that will bring that person out. What what will bring that person out? I think what it comes down to is the people don't realize the price they have to pay, so they want it, but they don't want it bad enough. They're not willing right. to pay the price. They see it; it seems appealing. But then what it takes to get it done, it's just hard. Sure. Nothing comes easy. You've heard me say this many times. So if you take it easy, expect nothing. If you want nothing, take it easy. That's right. This goes back to planning, having goals, expecting things to be tough. Don't expect it to be easy. That's right. Anybody that goes into business for themselves and think, oh, this will be great. I don't have a boss uh, to have to answer to. Yeah, you also don't get to go home at normal hours. That's You're right. also the one responsible for everything. 
or people think, oh, wow, you could do whatever you want. You can go play golf. You can, sure you can, and you'll be out of business and you'll be broke. That's right. So like anything in life, there's always consequences. We're sure we can do whatever we want, but it doesn't make sense. So again, life is not about one obstacle, but many. And if you quit at something that maybe it wasn't that important, maybe you need to set your goals at a more lofty level. When I say lofty, I'm not talking about in height, but in depth. Sure. Something with more meaning. That's right. Something that's more important, something that's bigger than you. That's right. And you'd be surprised how all of a sudden you won't quit. That's right. Because it's more important. And maybe that's part of it, because it starts with the perspective, seeing things properly. Maybe sometimes we're going after the wrong things. And maybe that's why. Maybe I wanted it, but because I thought it meant something else. That's why it's so important in our lives and in our many podcasts, we're going to talk about really thinking, reasoning, taking thoughts out to their natural end, and always asking that question, you know, the whys, the how comes. Well, I want to do this with my life. Well, why? Usually people want to do things because it's going to enhance them, make them happy, bring them joy, whatever. Well, it's a good paying job. Well, why is that good paying job important to you? So I can, I can make good money. Well, why is that important? Right. So I can get the things that I want. Well, what do you want? What are they going to... What are those things? What are they going to do for you? That's right. You know, they're, they're missing. That's right. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring, um, bring me joy and make me happy by having things. Why? Why are having things going to make you happy? Have you had things in the past? Yeah. Did it make you happy? Yeah. Uh, well, for a little bit anyway. Right. So you're going to spend a lot of time pursuing something that's going to make you happy for a little bit of time. You know, what, what, is, what are you really looking for? That's deeper. How does it make you happy? What are you really looking for? Are you really looking for peace? Are you really looking for joy? That's right. Are you really looking for fulfillment? Why do you keep looking for these things that don't give you those? That's right. That they're just band-aids. And maybe that's why we start to quit because we start realizing the reward's going to be sort of the same old thing again. Yes. Instead of getting something that has deeper, a loftier in sense of a deeper goal in what I'm going to do with my life. Perseverance, force of purpose, indomitable will, those traits were once uniquely part of the American DNA. But they've been weakening for some time. This was written by Emerson in 1841. Wow. So every generation gets weaker. So it talks about how, and we spoke about going west. The Oregon Trail. The Oregon Trail. There was a bigger purpose. There was a goal. There was a reason that they put their lives at risk. There was a reason that they pressed on and kept going. So he's talking how they used to be part of the DNA and the will. And I think every generation sees that the next generation just wants it easy. In our next chapter, it talks a little bit about this. 
something bigger than yourself. And sometimes that's where that persistence, that will comes in. A United States Navy fighter pilot named James Stockdale was shot down in North Vietnam in 1965. As he drifted back down to earth after ejecting from his plane, he spent those few minutes contemplating what awaited him down below. Imprisonment? Certainly. Mm. Torture? Likely. Death? Possibly. Who knew how long it would all take or if he'd ever see his family or home again. But the second Stockdale hit the ground, the contemplation stopped. He wouldn't dare think about himself. He had a mission. That's what we're talking about. I think real fortitude comes about and real strength when it's not about me. You see, Stockdale, then a commander, was aware that he was going to be the highest-ranking Navy prisoner of war the North Vietnamese had ever captured. He knew he couldn't do anything about his fate, but as a commanding officer, he could provide leadership and support and direction to his fellow prisoners, who included future Senator John McCain. He could change that situation and not let history repeat itself. This would be his cause, and he would help his men and lead them, which is exactly what he proceeded to do for more than seven years, two of which were spent wearing leg irons in solitary confinement. It's amazing how we think that I need to take care of myself to strengthen myself. And there's a whole other podcast we're going to do on this. And it's the mathematics of doing for others. Okay. And how that works. Right. And how the math of selfishness doesn't add up when you compare the two. And it's a practically a simple math equation. If I'm always looking out for myself, my strength is limited to myself. Sure. If I am now looking out for others and they're looking out for me, look at how my strength has amassed. Strength in numbers. Strength in numbers. And when we're so focused on ourselves, it's our own weakness because we're going to have times when we're down. If we really just focus our goals on others, it's amazing how we don't give up because sometimes we'll quit on ourselves. But all of a sudden, if you have an obligation to somebody else, it's, oh, I need to do this. I need to take care of it. That's right. I need to do what I I have to do. I'm going to continue. John McCain in his own cell nearby responded in essentially the same way and was able to endure indescribable torture for the same reasons. Let's just talk about torture for for a moment. Mm Do you have a night in bed where you just can't sleep because you have a stomach ache or a stomach virus? Or an illness like the flu. Sure. You feel tortured. You feel I can't, right? You want to you practically die. That's right. That's right. But you know it's going to pass. That's right. Imagine in prison being tortured, knowing that it's not going to pass. If you don't do what they want you to do, or even if you do do what they want you to do, it's going to keep coming. How do you not break It's got to be that inner citadel, that will. Yes. 
Hoping to stain the McCain family's prestigious military legacy in the United States, the Viet Cong repeatedly offered McCain the opportunity to be released and return home. He wouldn't take it. So, whatever you think of his politics, you gotta, you gotta respect the man. He had the opportunity not to be tortured. Remember as a kid, you'd grab each other's wrists and play mercy? Yes. It comes real quick. You want to say no more. Stop. Stop. It hurts. So John McCain had the opportunity to be released and return home. It was going to come at a cost, but he wouldn't take it. He wouldn't undermine the cause. Mm -hmm. Despite self-interest, he stayed and was tortured by choice. Wow. That is... That's that's Will. In a world full of self-interest. Says despite self-interest. We live in a society now where it's more and more self-interest. Yes. More and more about look at me. That's right. These were two men that weren't zealous zealots for the cause. They certainly had their own doubts about the war in Vietnam, right? So they weren't just, oh, this is all about the war. Right. They saw the bigger picture. Yes. But their cause was their men. They cared about their fellow prisoners and drew great strength by putting their well-being ahead of their own. Yes. They got strengthened by giving their strength. And that's where we miss out quite often, is by not sharing. And again, it goes back to what our podcast is all about. We want to start to gather up like-minded men. If you don't agree with us, it makes no sense. That's cool. This isn't your thing. You think differently. That's fine. You've already given up. You wouldn't have listened this far. So you'll never hear what I'm saying. Right. You wouldn't have listened this far into this podcast. But if you are listening, you are that person who gets everything I'm saying. That deep down inside, it's that's how I've lived my life. Or that's how I've wanted to live my life. Or sometimes I've gotten distracted because everybody lives it so differently that I start looking out for myself. And then I'm never satisfied and I'm frustrated. My life isn't mine. It's not Mm -hmm. the way I want to live it. Getting to where I want to get seems to me that I need to put my self-interest to get there. So now I have goals, but I don't want to get there. And what it really is is that we've just been getting absorbed into the climate of our country or wherever we're, we're at or our surroundings, believing that I have to put myself first to get to my goals, believing that, or sometimes my goals are wrong because I, I missed out. So I'm hoping this really helps that by us putting out, Nels, that you and I are going to draw us. We're going to draw strength. Other listeners are going to draw strength. We're all going to draw from each other from right. this. There is going to be that strength in numbers where we could start to hold each other up and start to realize what we have here is so important to the fabric of not just our country, but our families. And it runs so deep 
that we get involved in something that is beyond us, that's more than us. That's right. But we will still benefit from. And as I've said previously, this podcast, it's not about you, but it's for you. Sure. And even with that, it's not even for you. It's there to help you to be for somebody else. So I really hope that anybody that listens will turn on friends to it and bring more people into the fold. So as we look at being leaders in our community, in our family, in our jobs, wherever it may be, what are we going to do when it really comes down to the crunch? What is it going to do when we realize how people feel about us? When it's time to show, show true strength. When all of a sudden you're at a job maybe and the people around you and the, you became close with them and friends and somebody does something wrong. And somebody else got hurt because of it. And all of a sudden, people look to you for answers. That's the moment that we need to show this true strength that's within us. And that true strength really needs to come from just a bigger picture. Right. A bigger meaning. A meaning of life and doing the right thing. Getting outside of that little circumstance and having that bigger perspective to say, it doesn't matter that I might even get in trouble for this. Sure. I need to do the right thing. And I think as if we're really going to make a difference in this world, I know it's all about thinking, but we need to stop thinking so much. We need to stop weighing, because sometimes the answer is pretty easy, but we're trying to talk ourselves out of it. I need to do the right thing. I need to stop thinking about all the reasons not to do the right sure. thing, all the consequences. I need to stop trying to think of a way that justifies this. And in a way, it will simplify and in help in our thinking when we go to calculate. I think like anything, if you, you have a computer that needs to calculate a bunch of numbers, it needs to go through them all. And it could even slow it down. But if now you know that a lot of that data is useless and the computer doesn't have to go through that data, and focus on the relevant information, it'll come up with a decision much quicker. And I think that's with our minds. We need to get rid of the irrelevant, and the irrelevant really should be the things that are wrong because sure. they blind us. Sure. And th exactly, those blinding things, the white noise. The white noise. So we don't need to martyr ourselves. That's not what this is about. When we focus on others, on helping them, or simply providing a good example, our own personal fears and troubles will diminish. And that's always been the case. Focus on others, your problems feel smaller. Sure. Focus on your problems, your problems get bigger. The desire to quit or compromise on principles suddenly feels rather selfish when we consider the people who would be affected by that decision. Wow. 
What doesn't help anyone is making this all about you. All the time. Why did this happen to me? What am I going to do about this? And else most of the world, that's exactly how they live their lives. Yes. I don't understand why this happened. Why did it have to happen today? Why not? When we make it all about me, our focus ends up, we end up having fears, failures. We want to quit. We'll be shocked. We'll be depressed. There'll be hopelessness. Right. That's right. Here's one. Stop pretending that what you're going through is somehow special or unfair. Wow. It's not some unique misfortune picked out especially for you. It just is what it is. That's right. Because what purpose is it? If it is what it is, what purpose is it to sit there and say, why me? Why did this happen? It is what it is. Keep moving. Keep moving. This kind of myopia, nearsightedness, is what convinces us to our own detriment that we're the center of the universe. There it is. It's all about me. Be all you can be. Not do everything you can for others, but be all you can be. I like what he says here. Help your fellow humans thrive and survive. Contribute your little bit to the universe before it swallows you up. And be happy with that. Lend a hand to others. Be strong for them, and it will make you stronger. It's amazing. You just live your life like that, what opportunities will open up. When we watch these movies, and who's the bad guy? The bad guy is always the guy that's really selfish, that only looks for out for himself, doesn't right. look out for the group, right. steals supplies, right. and everybody always hates that guy. Right. they always like, oh, that's not fair. Get him. People don't realize when we watch these movies, if you really look at the actions the bad guy is doing, it's normally what we would do. Right. And the reason we like the good guys is because they're not doing what we would normally do, and that's therefore right. we appreciate them. Because right. normally everybody would look for themselves, everybody would run for food, grab what they could off the shelves, knock down other people, not care about others. That's right. But they always like the person that's going to share and help out others. Because they realize it's a good attribute. They also realize it's not one they have, and probably not what they would do. That's right. They won't admit it, but usually... The bad players are the ones that, if we really want to be honest, we resemble more closely. If we were to take those attributes and write them down, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Next chapter. Meditate on your mortality. Here's a quote. When a man knows he is to be hanged in a fortnight, it concentrates his mind wonderfully. It's by Dr. Johnson. I don't know who Dr. Johnson is. In the late, ninth, in late 1569, a French nobleman named Michel de Montagne, I definitely got that wrong, <laughs> was given up as dead after being flung from a galloping horse. 
As his friends carried his limp and bloodied body home, he watched his life slip away from his physical self. Not traumatically, but almost flimsily, like some dancing spirit on the tip of his lips, only to have it return at the last possible second. This sublime and unusual experience marked the moment that changed his life. Within a few years, he would be one of the most famous writers in Europe. After his accident, he went on to write volumes of popular essays, served two terms as mayor, travel internationally as a dignitary, and served as a confidant to the king. It's a story as old as time. Man nearly dies, he takes, takes stock in his life, and emerges from the experience a completely different and better person. Mm. So it's about meditating, I looking at your life, thinking about it. In his essays... We see proof of the fact that one can meditate on death. And it's okay. It's not a, a negative thing. If anything, it's, it, it gives you reality and, and maybe a sense of purpose to get moving. Sure. Be well aware of our own mortality without being morbid or a downer. So it's what you do with it, as usual, how That's you right. think about it. That's right. We're all going to come to an end. Death is guaranteed. It's going to happen. Right. You never know when it's going to happen. We all do think we're going to live a long life. That's right. But you just never know. So not being morbid, not being a downer, not living a life of, well, I might as well eat, drink, and be merry because that's all about me. That's not real joy. That's right. It's about realizing that we have a certain amount of time, and therefore I'm going to value it. I'm going to then go and prioritize what's most important to me. Whatever's most important to me, I'm going to make as my main goal. I'm not going to let anything take me away from it. And anything that distracts me is only going to be taking away the value of my time that you can't give back. Yes. So thinking about our mortality and being aware of mort our mortality creates real perspective and urgency. It doesn't need to be depressing. Because it's invigorating. If we really look at it, we can get a little bit older and say, oh, woe is me. Or we could say, I better get moving. Sure. Yes. I better get moving. And here's what's amazing. I like this quote. In the shadow of death, prioritization is easier. What's important? Just like our quote that we had when a... Man is about, knows he's going to be hanged in a fortnight. It concentrates his mind wonderfully. You don't need any drugs for uh, not being able to focus. That's right. So when thinking, when having the proper perspective, when looking at things, not even death is a fear. And death should only invigorate us. And realizing it for what it is, it helps us. It helps us to prioritize. I will bet any amount that instead of we had the amount of years we have, if we had the double amount, we would still only achieve whatever we were going to achieve in the amount of years we have. 
So I do believe that if you're 70 and then you're given another 70 years, you'll achieve more because you already did. Sure. But if you're born believing that you're going to live to be 140, I have a feeling that you're 140, you're going to die as if this life, if you live to be 70, because it all becomes relative. It all it's becomes all relative. That's it right. all becomes the norm. We go back to when life expectancy was 35 years old. What did they end up accomplishing in those 35 years? I could tell you what, what we accomplish in our 80. That's right. Simple as that. That's right. So what'd they do? They got married younger, had kids younger. Right? There, there wasn't that time to, let me discover, let me find out, let me figure it out. And I think we ought to be grateful we don't go on much longer because we would just be that much more in debt probably. <laughs> Here's one. Another chapter, prepare to start again. So it could be very well that whatever is going to happen that you might need to start all over. Right? The story about Edison. Hey, we need to rebuild. That's right. And sometimes people don't want to do it. Picture you've been putting a puzzle together for three hours every night for three nights. And on the fourth night, you come home and all of a sudden somebody knocked it on the floor. It's very difficult to get motivated to start that again. That's right. It's, let me put it in the box, let me put it away. I'm not going through that again. But it's fortitude that says, let me start again. Let me begin again. Otherwise, you've quit. He says here, Elysium is a myth. Elysium in uh, mythology was a place where you went and it was peaceful bliss. And here's the key. One does not overcome an obstacle to enter the land of no obstacles. There's no such thing as an obstacle-free situation or right. world or a trouble-free life. Only a fool believes that when I get over this obstacle that there aren't going to be any more. That's the person who's surprised. That's the person who's never happy. That's, that's the person right. that's always, woe is me. Why do these things always happen to me? There's one way they can stop happening to you. There's a miracle cure. You put a plastic bag over your head, hold it securely, and breathe deeply. And you will never face another obstacle again. Right. You're dead. Right. It's done. It's only a fool that believes that why did this happen to me? And we see it all the time, Nelson. We see it with people. And that's how they live their lives. And usually, what do we want to do? We don't want to be around those people. That's right. Because we know it's not going to change. They're always going to see their life as the same way. They're going to see themselves as a victim and not realize that this is just what they're going through. There's always more obstacles, bigger challenges. You're always fighting uphill. Get used to it yes. and train accordingly. I'll go back to the Navy SEALs. Not one of them thinks that that training is going to be easy. Not one of them, that testing is going to be easy. They train for it. And sometimes they still don't make it. But what a fool would go in there and think it's going to be, oh, I didn't expect this. I right. thought it was going to be easy. Right. That person would be an idiot. That person would be an idiot. Late in his life, late in his reign, sick and possibly near death, Marcus Aurelius received surprising news. His old friend and most trusted general, Avidius Cassius, had rebelled in Syria. Having heard the emperor was vulnerable or possibly dead, the ambitious general had decided to declare himself Caesar 
and forcibly seize the throne. And that's tough when a, when a close friend, a confidant for a lot of years all of a sudden turns on you. Sure. You start to look back over all those years and almost think that, what was I thinking? What cloud was I in? Or did I really experience things as it happened? Was there really a friendship? All those things go on. Marcus should have been angry. History would have forgiven him for wanting to avenge his enemy. To crush this man would have betrayed him, who threatened his life, his family, his legacy. Instead, Marcus did nothing, going as far as to keep the news secret from his troops, who might have been enraged or provoked on his behalf, but waited to see if Cassius would come to his senses. So notice, it wasn't that he was doing nothing. Right. It was, he had a plan. That's right. The man did not. And so Marcus Aurelius called a council of his soldiers and made a rather extraordinary announcement. They would march against Cassius and obtain the great prize of war and victory. But of course, because it was Marcus, this war prize was something wholly different. They would capture Cassius and endeavor not to kill him. But forgive a man who has wronged one, to remain a friend to one, as to, to one who has transgressed friendship, to continue faithful to one who has broken faith. Wow. He could have given the guy what he deserved and felt better about it, but that would have been all about him. But what did he do? He was teaching people a bigger cause. As a leader, not to be small, not to get what's going to feed my appetite a little bit, but something that's going to help me to grow and be stronger. Marcus controlled his perceptions. He wasn't angry. He didn't despise his enemy, right? We read a, before as nobody's done me wrong unless I've decided they've done me That's wrong. That's right. That's right. He decided whatever this person did wasn't affecting him. Sure. He wasn't angry because he chose not to be. He didn't despise his enemy because he chose not to. He could have. He would not say an ill word against him, though he could have. He would not take it personally. That's the key to the strength. Then he acted, rightly and firmly, ordering troops to Rome to calm the panicking crowds and then set out to do what must be done, protect the empire, put down a threat, the bigger picture. As he told his men, if there was one profit they could derive from this awful situation that they had not wanted, it would be to settle this affair well and show to all mankind that there is a right way to deal even with civil wars. The obstacle becomes the way. Doing the right thing. Wow. That's so, uh, it's so relevant, you know, even to, you know, any, any one of us. You know, sometimes we think of, uh, of a close friend or someone who we thought was a close friend makes a decision or takes an action that and and we we sit there in, in shock and awe right uh and and uh you know and then we forget for a moment that 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 they are human we forget for a moment they are human and and then it's uh, it becomes why did this happen to me yeah. right and and we don't think about for we forget in the emotion of it you know to think about what 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 marcus aurelius you know thought of and and uh and it can be you know in his case he did it for his troops to teach his people 
you know, and, and in your in your own in your own personal life, it could be to teach you. Mm-hmm. Be teach yourself. You teach yourself, and and that will and and you will strengthen someone else who you'll see go through the same situation and not know how to handle it, and you in 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 the greatest of calm will be able to 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 explain and express and and hopefully teach somebody to to deal with it. Well said. The difference between being selfless and selfish, and that's sometimes what breaks apart friendships, is we tend to do for ourselves, and sometimes we do too much, things get out of balance. Um, You'll find that if you're selfless, you'll be by yourself less, Mm -hmm. because people will want to be around you. That's right. And you'll find if if you're selfish, you're going to smell like you sell fish and people aren't going to want to be around That's you. That's funny. Right? <laughs> what stood in the way became the way. What impeded action in some way advanced it. So an obstacle doesn't stand in our way. It sort of guides you on your way. Yeah. It tells you where to go, where not to go, what to do. Just how you how you look at and, it. And sometimes you have to go through the obstacle. You know, it, 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 it will, you know, there, there are different kinds, right? So to your point, there, was, uh, there, there are detours and, and there are ones that are paper thin that, that we might perceive to be a, a, a boulder that we can get through. Goes to, back to why the perception is important, why you need to take action, why fortitude, why will takes wisdom to take. And what is wisdom? It's not about being a genius. It's about taking everything that you've learned and then applying it accordingly. That's so right. taking what you've seen, taking your actions, and now applying it in a wise manner. So as we start to realize that what stands in the way is really advancing the way, there, it's a better way to live. There's a lightness. There's a flexibility to this approach that is very different from how most people choose to live. Even how we choose to live with our disappointments, with our resentments, with our frustrations. And the key word in there is very different. And the only way to be different is to think different. That's right. And then when you think different, you're going to be different. You're going to make a difference. In order to do that, you need to think different. You need to see clearly. You need to act correctly, do the right thing. That's being different. The rest of the world will do the right thing if it's good for them and doesn't cost them. That's right. And finally, you endure and accept the world as it is. And in doing so, you will make a difference in the world as it is. So, an interesting quote they have here. Margaret Thatcher didn't become known as the Iron Lady until she was 60 years old. So it came over time. We gather strength as we go. Our podcast is for us to gather strength strength 
as we grow. That's right. To get stronger. We're not here because we are so strong. We're here because we want to get stronger. Any closing remarks, Nelson, as we close up oh, and man. wrap up? The obstacle is the way. The, 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 these are... These are gems, Vin. These these are gems, and and uh, although I'd like to start by saying that uh, as we as we close this uh, section up, you know, we have to think about one thing: a lot of legends, mm. a lot of legends are mentioned there. A lot of a lot of uh, larger than life figures and people who have done great things. But you know, for those of us listening out there. Let's not forget the one thing that they all have in common is they're all human. Mm. They're all human, just like you are, just like we are. And and they had to, sure, their circumstances were different, some of them, but, but guess what? They still had to write their story. They had to write their story. And you'll find that most of them thought differently. Most of them acted differently. That's right. And we're reading about them because they made a difference. That's right. And that's where it comes from. Did they have abilities? Sure, we all have abilities. Did they do something with that abilities? Yep, we all could. And that's what we've been talking about. We can make a difference, but it has to start somewhere. Think different, be different, make a difference. I'm going to keep saying it. It's a simple formula. It doesn't take a lot. It really doesn't. It's actually easier. We make it so hard that we think we don't have the time to do it right. That's right. That's right. And, and we take these things, and you mentioned contextualizing, and, and, and that's what we're talking about here. Yes, we're, we're, we're referencing, and, and we're using some of our own personal experiences, uh, but what's important for for those of you listening is, is, is conceptualizing and contextualizing as well to your life. You know, some of the, some of the examples we use might not be the example in your life. And, and what we're, what we're presenting is, is the lesson, the opportunity within the example. So find that, apply it. And that's what we're looking for. That's where you find the the sweet spot. Okay. So I want to thank Marcus Aurelius. He's given us a lot of good lessons, and I'm sure we'll be going back to him for, for more. And uh, very grateful for the obstacle is the way. Uh, let's call it a wrap. Until next time, think different, be different, make a difference. And as always, we welcome your comments and feedback and questions. Uh, we can be found at Thinking Man Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And of course, the website, thinkingmanpodcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you.